Welcome everyone to Podbean's very own podcast, Podcasting Smarter, the podcast for podcasters by podcasters with inspiration and advice from the wonderful world of podcasting. This is our live episode for October, hosted by Podbean's head of marketing, John Kiernan, with special guests, David Perez and Sebastian Beltran of The Audience Coach, as they discuss the nightmares of audience mistakes and how to grow your audience. For those of you who may be joining us for the first time, Podcasting Smarter has live-streamed episodes like this one with top podcasters and experts, and we also have recorded episodes on the Podcasting Smarter show right here on Podbean. Download the Podbean app and follow Podcasting Smarter to receive notifications in real time when we go live and to replay all of the live streams as episodes from our podcast. Podcasting Smarter is brought to you by Podbean. We're a podcast hosting and monetizing platform and home to over 500,000 podcasts. And as you're joining us for the session, you can also see we offer the ability to live stream directly from the app to your audience. For everyone listening, you can start your own live stream for free on Podbean. And now we'll hand it off to our host of this live episode, Podbean's very own head of marketing, John Kiernan. Hello and welcome. Hello, hello, and thank you so much for the warm invitation and the warm welcome. And I will give a shout out to our head of events, Norma Jean, and our podcast specialist here, Ronnie Gosh. So I just want to give them a quick shout out before we begin to the people who are uh, running the platform for us to speak on. And David, Sebastian, thank you so much for joining us from Audience Coach today. Thank you very much for having us, John. Absolutely. Now, Now, we have our topic today, which is the nightmares of audience mistakes. And this is very much in the Halloween flair. You know, it's October here. We are all very much in the Halloween spooky spirit. Uh, But we're going to be talking about both positive lights and opportunities, I think, for podcasters. So while it is definitely a Halloween-themed episode, I think we also want to highlight some positive things in the podcasting world, really great tips and tricks to uh, discuss how you can grow your audience and discuss best tips and tricks. But before we begin, um, David and or Sebastian, I'd love for you to give us a little bit of insight as to uh, what Audience Coach provides to podcasters. Okay, uh, thanks, John. Yes, Audience Coach is a podcast about podcasting for businesses. Okay, Uh, we've seen a few podcasts that cover like a more general aspect of podcasting, but we focus particularly on how you can create podcasts for businesses and how you can build podcasts for businesses, um, particularly service-based businesses. Uh, we've worked with coaches and, and uh, health and wellness entrepreneurs, and, and there is a big potential there for connecting with people and for serving people and for contributing to people. But we noticed uh, there are a lot of uh, voids or in, and, and maybe uh, lacks, uh, uh, there is a lack of knowledge in terms of how to build audiences. That's why we are helping people through audience coach. And I think that's really important to touch on too, because like you said, you're working with businesses, you're working with people who probably have a lot of content that they can provide and a lot of messaging that they'd like to get out to an audience. But when it comes to growing an audience, I think their misconception a lot of the time is once I have the product and simply put it out there, people are going to listen to it. And I think that's certainly part of it. But I think there's a lot of facets to being able to grow uh, the market here. So let's just start right from the beginning here. The one thing that I think really helps out with growing your podcast is giving expectation to your listeners as to what they can expect, not just from, okay, this is my podcast and this is the content that I'm going to cover, but also really considering, I guess, really considering about that content. Let's just stick there for a sec. 
I want to ask you, and I'll pitch this to, I'm actually pitch this to, to Sebastian first. How does the content of a podcast affect audience growth, in your opinion? Well, uh, we believe that content is like the first thing you need to have into account to build an audience because the content, like it should be relevant to them. It should be something that like resonates with them and that serves a purpose, right? We've, we've listened to a lot of podcasts that have like very, very general topics and very on a content that doesn't address any problem and needs of the audience, right? And as we work with health and wellness coaches, uh, we know that they provide really valuable services, but their contents, maybe it's way too general. So people can't resonate with it, right? So you should put a lot of attention in the content you're creating while having in mind the audience you're serving, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I think that there's a lot to be said for kind of diving in even more funneled into your specific market, right? There's so many podcasts out there, which in a great way cover a general variety of topics, but really to grow a big audience and really, I guess, be an authority in the specific area. One thing that I think has always helped and one thing I know that helps me resonate with podcasts, whether it's for entertainment or as you're talking about for business podcasts, is to really target what your content is going to be about and really try to funnel in as to what part of that market you're going to uh, really be speaking about, whether it's in a specific episode, a launch of episodes, or in the totality of your podcast. David, your thoughts? Yeah, um, well, I, I have some thoughts about like what, what, what does it mean to have a big audience? Because it happens that we overfocus a little bit on the numbers and maybe we pay less attention to the impact we're creating or to the audience we are caring to. So I think um, more than the numbers, it's important to find a niche in an audience and serve that audience. Sometimes the audience can be rather small, uh, but we be way more engaged than a large audience. I was speaking with a person who does something like what we do, but with video, she helps people uh, create video content for, for businesses. And what she was telling me is there was a case of a person who had a huge audience on Instagram. Like they, they were like by the millions of followers, for example. But when she tried to sell a product or service, she got no buyers at all. That's because a lot of those people following her were not her ideal audience. Like she had a, a lot of a huge number, but not great quality. So I think that that is important, and that is maybe a, one of the common mistakes podcasters make. They obsess over uh, the number of downloads instead of, fo of, of focusing on the quality of the following and, and the quality of the people getting those downloads. It's such an important point, too, because like you said, it's really, you know, we think about this idea of growing your podcast to hundreds of thousands and millions of followers. And the thing is, while you want to have your podcast in as many eyes and ears as possible, sometimes really focusing on building that specific market around a specific topic is a way that not maybe won't reach the biggest audience, but it'll reach the most engaged audience. And mm -hmm. there's so many different avenues, podcasting, social media that we use, um, different ways that you can reach out to your audience, mailing lists, things like that. All of them are as good as the people who are engaging with the content. You can have the biggest numbers in the world, but like you said, in that scenario, if you have yeah. a large number and they're not coming back to your content or they're not engaging with the content, even that you're selling through your podcast, or they're not 
engaging with the podcast itself. It really becomes hard to build that uh, to build that there too. Now, a question I'm going to pitch to Sebastian here: What are some tips that you might have on how to engage your audience? Let's think about this, right? Let's think about that you have this great content. We know, okay, we're going to go ahead and funnel to this specific market. We're going to create this kind of content to serve this market. Um, what are some tips that you might have or some strategies that you could offer for ways to engage your audience? Well, the first thing uh, that comes to my mind is to always show up, right? Uh, there is something in, in podcasting, the podcasting community that we found, and is that it's very common, this uh, pod fading phenomenon, right? That people like start creating a podcast and uh, after 10 or 12 episodes, they simply disappear without any notice. So the first thing to keep engaged, to keep your audience engaged is to always show up, right? Be consistent with your content, be consistent producing content and uh, the other thing is ask questions right interact on Facebook groups find where your audience is and make part of that of those spaces and interact with them just ask questions but not in in like in an advertising uh, mood like you don't want to push things and say people hey go listen to my podcast but generally go and try to help them right Ask questions and provide answers at the same time. Help people, right? And uh, as you are in those spaces, you need to listen to people. Or if it's a Facebook group, for example, you need to read people. So the thing is that you need to get content ideas from them, not for one you what you think they'll need. Because that's like the first approach we always have is to create episodes of topics that we believe our audience needs, but maybe that's not the case. Maybe our audience needs something different. So you need to listen to your audience and provide provide solutions to the problems and issues. I think that's the key to keep an engaged audience. Absolutely. And I think that when we think about what our content is, whether it's the podcast or the content you're putting out to supplement the podcast, we think of a lot of this content as simply just something that we put out. But your content should serve a specific need. You know, whether that's even, for example, if your podcast is specifically for entertainment, listen to your audience and see if people are resonating with the kind of style that you're delivering. If you are delivering news on a specific market, you know, see if the specific outlets that you're covering are garnering that traffic for you. Or if it's, let's say, a really, really niche market, you know, there's different ways to really decide and figure out what's going to grow you in the space and in the way that you want to. And I think something that's important too, this is something I don't know if it uh, gets called out as much, but one thing I like to say is once you have an engaged audience, once you have people, even once you have someone who's coming for an episode or two, there's nothing wrong with activating your audience in the moment and working to build momentum, right? So when you're having your podcast episode, I don't think that there's ever anything wrong with asking your audience to do something, you know, maybe mid episode or even at the beginning of the episode. Hey, if you like what you hear, please feel free to rate and review us on iTunes. It really helps the show. Uh, feel free to share this with your friends. Give people those calls to action. I think what happens is, and this is a thing that I've seen over the course of time, and I'd love your thoughts on this, David. Not only is growth based on 
how many people are coming to your show, but it's also audience retention, right? It's mm-hmm. based on not only how many people can you get in the door, but how many people can you have stay at the party? What are your thoughts about that? I totally agree with you, John. I think audience retention is a key component of, of creating good content and creating a good podcast. Uh, this is why listening, as Sebastian was talking about, is such an important thing, because as long as you are open to listen to your audience, uh, your content is always going to be relevant to them. And if it's, gonna, if it's relevant, so they're going to stick to the podcast and be a listener for a long period of time. I don't know, six months, 10 months, four years even. So that is going to be super, super important. Uh, and when you mentioned, for example, it's okay to include additional uh, calls to action. I totally agree with that. Uh, it's a way to connect it with your audience better. Uh, of course, the content is going to be always first. Content is going to be key here. Uh, creating content that addresses their needs and wants and challenges. But you can also introduce introduce meet roles or calls to actions that are relevant to the content that is being shared. Uh, but that also helps you connect with the audience better. Uh, for example, what we do, for example, with us is uh, we have some courses because we understand some challenges people have when recording podcasts. So we lead them there. And uh, sometimes we collect their, their email addresses or we reach out to them via LinkedIn or via social media and we start conversations there. So the retention part goes a little bit beyond just uh, creating good content as well. It also goes to the side of creating conversations and starting conversations with those listeners. It is time consuming. <laughs> it is really time consuming, uh, but it pays off. It pays off both in terms of uh, getting to know your market better, because remember we are speaking here about how to create a podcast for a business. So you get to know your market a lot better and you get to network and get to uh, meet a lot of new people which can eventually become referrers or can eventually become clients of yours. Absolutely. And you never know who's listening to your content either. There's a lot mm-hmm. of whether it's for business or public also. Once you start activating your audience, uh, you know you can ask your audience, for example, like we were talking about, just simply spread the word about the podcast. And you may have people that become those diehard fans, right? That rule of a thousand. You can really get a dedicated audience of a thousand people. Uh, to continue to engage with and purchase your content, you can do a lot of great work with your uh, podcast. You know, when you have that, you never know who's activating. You may have somebody who's a great social media strategist who listens to your content. You know, everybody who listens to a podcast, you know, you have somebody that has some sort of profession or some sort of um, side hustle or something like that. So you never know that person who, for example, you're making album art, you're trying to create these small trailers, you're trying to create audiograms. Mm-hmm. You never know that one person who you ask them to activate and share something and they go, you know what? I believe so much in your vision. I believe so much in your content. That I want to help you in this way. Don't ever underestimate who's listening. You may have some really powerful people listening to your podcast. You may have some people that are listening to it for just enjoyment, but who can offer some even additional value to that also. Yes, I would like to add to that, John, is uh, a, a piece of advice I got from someone is, yes, uh, creating content is an act of service. Uh, and you should detach, uh, in the process, you should also detach yourself from the outcome. It's very hard to control the outcome. You don't know how many people are going to listen to it. You don't know how many, uh, what kind of listeners you're going to have. Uh, it can be like a, a very relevant person that can eventually generate uh, a, a lot of new connections for you, for example. Uh, so focus on doing what you're doing and doing it right, and the results will come. 
Absolutely. And one thing to tie it around to, like the nightmares of audience mistakes, um, one thing I will say is when you do ask for these calls to action or when you put these calls of action into place in your podcast, always try to do them with intention and commitment. I don't think there's anything wrong with someone at the beginning of the show, like you guys are talking about pitching. Hey, we have this great course. Come on over, check it out, and here's what you get with it. Um, the one thing I think becomes a little bit difficult for podcasters is when you're in the middle of your show, and let's say you bring up, for example, an outlet that you can listen to, and then someone just kind of skirts in there, rate and review on iTunes. Like They kind of make it one of those things where it's like they didn't want to say it, but they felt like mm -hmm. they had to, and it becomes kind of this like little bit of an awkward thing. I think it's better when you're able to position these things with intention, because listen, your audience will understand what you're trying to do. If they don't want to listen to the thing that you're pitching, they might skip ahead. But if you're creating great content, they're not gonna skip ahead. If you're creating great content, then they're gonna understand, oh, okay, you have this other content that you're putting out also, let's check it out. Or they're gonna understand that it's your means to an end also. But that's one of the things that I hear in a lot of podcasts. And I think that if you're coming in and you're very nervous about positioning what else you're offering or you're nervous about asking people to do things for your podcast and activating your audience, then it just makes it seem like it makes it seem a little bit less professional. And I think that mm -hmm. especially with you guys dealing with business clients, I think if the more you can do things with intention, the more recidivism you're going to get from people coming back to help you out even more. Yeah. Yes, and, absolutely. And, and... Now, sorry, one thing uh, I also... Oh, oh sorry. Go ahead. Uh, yeah. And uh, that, uh, I was going to say that um, it, it's common to like be afraid of uh, putting yourself in the content as well. Like if you are creating a, a podcast for a business, of course, you, your podcast should work as a way to build an audience, to build trust and authority in yourself in the case of health and wellness. Uh, business owners, they're mostly I, are like uh, uh, advertising in some kind of way, their personal brand, but they are kind of afraid of showing those services, right? And also, like, we, it happened with us at the beginning with Audience Coach. When we start building our courses, we were, like, afraid of adding a mid-role to lead people to our resources because we like focus it a lot in the content that we forget that we forgot that we also are providing this other service and the, the important thing is that as you said is that commit to that and it should be relevant it should be connected with the content you're offering right you shouldn't like as you said in the middle of of from the middle of nowhere so uh, give me a, a, a five stars review in itunes or offer a perk that has nothing to do with your audience needs and and, uh, and issues, right? So don't be afraid to do it, but also have in mind that it should be relevant to your audience. It should be in, in the right place in the right moment, right? Yeah, absolutely. I agree with everything that you're saying there. Now, one thing also that I think can really help engage an audience is when you're talking about activation, you know, okay, what's going to activate an audience? One thing that I've actually had a lot of success with is when I've wanted to grow the podcast, doing different special events, like doing giveaways, for example. Um, one podcast that I had run a couple of years ago, we wanted to grow our podcast into new eyes and ears. And it was in the niche of professional wrestling. And one thing that we did 
was we said throughout the month of, I'm just choosing a random month right now, through the month of October, uh, if you do these three things, you listen to the podcast, you share it, and you tag more people to listen to the content, you'll automatically get entered into a raffle where you can win a $100 gift card to this uh, store to purchase wrestling items, right? I think that's an effective strategy also in building an audience. Uh, David, what do you think are some other effective strategies for building an audience? Or what do you think of uh, the concept of giveaways? Okay, uh, yeah, I was thinking of the giveaways. We par we have participated in two giveaways two in the last giveaways. 12 months. Yeah, uh, the results have been amazing, uh, both in terms of the new listeners you get and, and all, also the other professionals that you get in contact with. Because the giveaways we have run are like usually in teams. Like we have a, a group of professionals that offer different services. And so we get together and we, we have those giveaways. And they have been very, very effective, very effective. So I will totally recommend if you have a chance to meet with other professionals in your, in your area or in your industry and run an online giveaway. Uh, it's a great experience and it pays off, definitely. Um, another another strategy that has worked for us to activate your the audience is use very specific calls to action. Uh, for example, okay, if you like this um, episode, like or share or give us a review, that's fine. But we also say, if you have one person and think of one person, think of the name of that person. Like we want to um, help them picture that that image in their minds of the person that can help by sharing that content so we we uh, tell them think of that one person that is going to benefit from this think of that one person that is struggling with this and you can help them by sharing that content with them that uh, that's uh, uh, has also worked very well uh networking networking is also very effective uh, as i mentioned for example in the giveaway even though uh, we were doing a project together. Uh, some of these people became listeners because uh, they work in the same industry, but in different areas. Their areas of expertise are different, and they benefit from our content. That has worked very well. And finally, uh, being guests on other shows. It's been a very great experience, a great experience, sorry. Um, and you get to attract listeners from other platforms, from other shows into your own. And, and the good thing is that they come to you because they already know your value. They already know what you have to offer works for them. Uh, plus, you have like that additional social proof and authority building that you get from being a, a guest on the on a podcast they already trust. Uh, so that's been very effective. Absolutely. There's something to be said about being asked to come on someone else's podcast, um, perceptually to an audience, right? For us behind the scenes, it may be that you're, you know, like you said, you're networking, you're reaching out to other people and saying, hey, I'd love to be a guest on your podcast. And then all of a sudden you have this giant network of podcasters who serve not just the niche market, but now you're serving the niche market for this broader scale, which is really cool. You're becoming the authority on in this giant market, this specific topic. I think that that can't be understated. To the public, it's like, oh, this person's coming in and delivering their expertise in this grand scale of this other podcast and vice versa. I think that's a, it's a great strategy too. Now let's tie this in a little bit with the nightmare of audience mistakes here. Um, let's talk about some things that maybe aren't the best or things you shouldn't do to grow your audience. Um, and I'm going to pitch this to Sebastian here. Do you have any sorts of examples of what you might have seen others do that 
you know, you kind of look back and said, oh, maybe that wasn't the best decision or you could have done that a little bit better. Um, talk to us a little bit about some things that you might not tell people to do or tell people to avoid in growing their audience. Okay, sure. So we have uh, some some examples. Well, not, not examples. We are not going to mention any names. <laughs> right, we don't have to. <laughs> yeah, we don't have to. But I think is that uh, something... Like the first thing that comes to my mind is bad episode titles. Like we something oh, yeah. sometimes forget that titles, like the first, the first thing that people see, and a lot of podcasts out there have like episode ten, and then the name of the guest, and we are like no okay, context. <laughs> we not no know context, and, and who, yeah. who is this person? What's the value that they are offering? Like, we don't have any information, and, and that's, like, it doesn't catch any attention. So people probably are not going to listen to that episode. The first thing, bad episode titles. The second thing about um, mistakes uh, while building an audience is the me-centric content. And what is the me-centric content? It's those pieces of content that are all about the host, right? I am, I do, I have this, I, that, that, that. It's only about I, me, myself, right? And they normally forget about the audience. As we mentioned, like in the beginning, your audience should be your focus and the content should serve them, should be of help to them, right? So me-centric content is, is always a mistake because people are not going to relate to the content and they are going to feel like you're bragging about what mm -hmm. you're doing. Yeah. Right? yeah. And the thing is yeah. that you, you shouldn't, that you shouldn't, um, like the, there's an expression, correct me if I'm wrong, show and uh, don't say, something like that. Yes, show, yep. don't tell. Yep. Show, don't tell, right, that's it. So the thing is that you, of course, you want to build that authority and that people trust you, but you are not going to do that saying you're the best. You need to prove you're the best. You need to prove that you know what you're talking about and, the, and that you're, you are offering a value to people, right? So avoid me-centric content. Uh, also, attacking other people to create attention. Oh, That's boy, something yeah. that, I mean, like in, in podcasting, it's not that common. But for example, if you are, if you watch YouTube and like these quote unquote influencers in YouTube, like they sees that that um, attacking other people and creating like this polemic creating beef uh, and conflict, yeah, yeah, yeah yep. conflict. And and I mean, that's that's not not fine. I mean, in our in our perspective, content should serve a purpose, right? You should create something that helps people. And creating conflict is not helping anyone. It's only creating, it's only helping your numbers and maybe your your wallet, but it's not that good, right? We yeah. we want to build an audience, not just people that like conflict. And that's also something about that too. Those kind of we'll call them like conflict points, right? Those often are very temporary too, because you know, how long can you keep conflict going, right? Number one, it's not mm -hmm. productive. Number two, it's not healthy. And number three, how much does it ever add to your content? You know, if like you mm -hmm. said, if you think of your podcast as uh, something that's offering a solution or, ordering, or offering benefit or offering value, 
how much does that kind of conflict with somebody else really offer anything to an audience? I completely agree with you. And, um, you know, it's one of these things where we see it on different platforms. Um, but again, we see how quickly it elevates and then we see how quickly it usually burns out. I think the most successful podcasters, even if they have, you know, other people that might have said other things about them on other shows or have even, you know, disagreed with different things. I think it's different. You can come on a show and disagree with someone's point of view, even go ahead and invite them on your show and have a, you know, a conversation about it. But like you said, making it the focal point of your show just creates this unfortunate air of, okay, this is the kind of show that we're, this is what we're listening to, you know, and it's not, it doesn't really add to the overall growth. It just adds to mm -hmm. this kind of negativity, which is something that negativity doesn't really breed that kind of growth either. I do want to, we'll come back to that in a sec too. I do want to touch on the title section because I think that you really hit the nail on the head with that too. Um, titles can be so multi-purpose, right? And a lot of people see the titles and exactly episode 10 and then maybe there's something after it or it's just like, something about the podcast, which is cool. Uh, but titles are so multi-valued, right? They add SEO. So when you're searching up a specific mm -hmm. topic in a directory, okay, is my podcast going to show up? There's a litany of different ways to dive into how to optimize that. It adds context to the show, like you were saying, Sebastian, right? Okay, yeah, what's this episode actually about? And then they have to be attention grabbers too. You know, it has to serve three completely different points. How are you going to get people who don't know what you're about to come in and access that content? How are you going to deliver on the context in just, let's say, less than 280 characters, oftentimes like 100 characters, right? And then how can you optimize that to make sure that it's one of the top search results when people search that content on the different directories? Um, so I think that those titles are extremely multi-purpose and are, need to be given a little bit more attention for people that are looking to grow their podcast a little bit more. Uh, David, what are your, some, what are some of your thoughts on the titles? Yeah, uh, we have, <laughs> we, we, we sometimes struggle with our clients when it comes to titles because, uh, it's very common that you see stuff like episode 11, uh, John Smith, that's everything the title says. Like you don't know what the content is going to be about, what the message is going to be, what, uh, um, problem is going to help solving. So, uh, it's going to be very hard for a person who is uh, a first-time listener to go through the content and, and connect with the content. It's going to be very hard. Usually people who get uh, who go to a podcast for the first time, if they like the content, they're going to batch consume everything. But if your titles are not appealing, it's very unlikely that there's going to stick to the, to the show. It's very, very, very unlikely. Uh, we always insist that your titles should be descriptive, not super long, not very short. Uh, I think somewhere around like 18 words. Uh, sorry, not, not eight, 10, 10 to 12 words should be yeah, enough. 10 to 13. Uh, but they should contain the information on what you're talking about and what problem it's helping to fix. Yeah, absolutely. And when you consider that there's so much content and there's so much value that you're trying to add to a market that might already have so much content, even in these niche markets that we're talking about, being able to create an engaging title and a title that really gets down to, okay, this is what this episode is about. Again, it really is something that it, it's kind of an art form if you think about it, coming up with like yeah. the perfect title, right? Um, mm -hmm. And like you said, I like the fact that you said that you're going to keep it about two, you know, 13 words or so. I think you said 13. 
It was either 13 or 18. But the fact that you're keeping it to such a concise number makes it really easy for you to go, okay, we're not going to create this long title that doesn't even show up mm -hmm. in these search results, mm -hmm. but we're going to create yep. something that's concise, quick, to the point, and makes people understand, okay, when I click on this, this is what I'm expecting. And don't mm -hmm. get me wrong, there are absolutely podcasts out there that, like you're saying, do the number and then maybe the name of the interviewee. Um, but I think those are even, you know, podcasts that have millions and millions and millions of listeners where it becomes less about the content yeah. and it becomes more about, okay, this person is talking to this person. Like that person is the brand. It's not the brand trying to deliver content. It, it, it's a little bit of a different strategy. But once you have that giant number, the person, the podcaster becomes the product more so than the podcast itself. So I think what you're saying is value for podcasters of all shapes and sizes, but especially people who are looking to uh, grow their audience for sure. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, we, we speak about like these Joe Rogan type of podcasts that uh, are interviewing celebrities, for example, like yeah. they don't, they are a brand in themselves, right? And they already have a pre existing audience. So like you already know who the person is, and that's going to attract a lot of people. Uh, but when you are uh, a small or medium-sized show, you do need to pay attention to what your or how your title is structured, so you can bring more value and more attention from your audience. Absolutely. Now, I'm going to pitch this to Sebastian next here. Um, but the question that I have is really, you know, really diving into what does a successful audience look like? We often use this term within Podbean when we speak to people about growing their podcasts of thinking of what we call an audience avatar, right? And this is a term that Ronnie has been coining over the last couple of years here. Um, but it's really considering what your ideal listener looks like, right? It could be physical, but really thinking about like what their interests are, right? Um, but thinking more about, okay, when I have a podcast listener, who is my target audience? What is this person into? What are their interests? Where might they you know, be more active? What outlets might they not use? Um, Sebastian, what does having a successful audience entail to you? Okay, so the first thing is that we need to like establish a difference between like listeners and audience. Because listeners are just people that like listen to one or two episodes of your show and then they never came back right like they found something useful but they never came back they never connected with your content while an audience is a group of people that connect for a longer period of time with your content and then benefit the most from it right so how do you create how do you build a successful audience well it takes a lot of time research and experimentation right First thing is the research. You need to understand who is your ideal audience persona, right? You need to give it a name. You need to give it a, an age. You need to give it like hobbies. Like think about a person, a real person, a physical person that fits those, those, um, those ideas you have. Humanize it, right? And you need to write it down. You need to take the time and write it down, like yeah. creating a profile, right? Name, hobbies, where they live, what do they like, what do they do, what is their their job. Like create this this profile. And the thing is that it is dynamic as well, right? Mm -hmm. It will change because we, people change. 
and your audience will change as well. Maybe they're, they're a struggle with something and then they solve that so they have new, new ideas, new problems to solve, new issues. So you need to also have in mind that. An audience is never static, it's dynamic. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I will also add to that, Sebastian, is that um, a, a good audience is the one who is looking to create community or to participate in a community. So people just come and go, they take what they want or they get what they need and they'll leave. But uh, you see a lot of people wanting to build community and collaborate with each, with each other. Uh, and, and eventually they see you not just as a person who creates content, but as a potential partner or as a strategic ally. So this is, this is very important. And uh, something else that Sebastian mentioned is the thing of an ideal audience is just a point of reference, but it doesn't exist as such because it's always changing. Like the people who are listening to you now in 2021 are, gonna, are not going to be the same people who are going to be listening to your podcast in 2022. And the, the type of content is going to be different because the challenges are going to change. The market is going to change. So you should be updating uh, your, your audience persona, which is something you should have written down, by the way. You should be researching and updating this every six months at least to stay relevant with your content and with the people you are talking to. I like how you brought up that not only does your audience change, but also the content can change too. You know, when we think of our podcast, I always like to think of a podcast as a brand, right? A lot of people think about just their podcast. Okay, this is the place where I can put my thoughts out into the world, even more into a niche market like we're talking about. But when you think of your podcast as a brand and you think about how the markets around brands change over time. And even, even something is down to the solution of how you record. You know, years ago, we didn't have this outlet of podcasting. We had different mediums in which we communicated with people. And those mediums still exist. But having an outlet like podcasting, okay, great. Now that people have more access to information and more technologies out there for people to access said content, what does that look like now? I think that people who are really successful with building their brand embrace some of the different changes in the market, embrace different ways that uh, their audience engages with content, embraces new audiences, and embraces new ways that their podcast can grow. And you might have a podcast that's been around for only a couple of months. You may have a podcast that's been around for a couple of years. But I think some people have done that kind of instinctively too, right? Because if you're in such a niche market, sometimes you can only cover so much in that market before you start to branch out a little bit differently. Maybe not even just with uh, the specific niche, but the way that you deliver it, right? So maybe you decide, hey, I want to start a podcast and I just want to deliver my piece on this topic. Okay, maybe once you've done a year's worth of episodes, you've really, at least to you, have run out of the things to talk about from what you have. That's when you start bringing in guests. Okay, great. Mm -hmm. Then you all of a sudden, when you're speaking to your guests, oh, I got this really helpful piece of information. Oh, they changed my perspective on this. Okay, now I'm going to go ahead and revisit one of these older episodes. All of a sudden, you have years worth of content. And just by design of the way that you're delivering content you had to change into now interviewing people and now your previous content changes but you're able to see this growth over time and your audience has probably grown because you brought more people into that fold also yes absolutely uh that's why i mentioned um listening is probably the most important aspect of creating a podcast show 
because as you listen, you get to discover a lot of new topics and challenges and goals and objectives and frustrations your audience has that you had no idea about. And this is gold because uh, if you initially had like 20 ideas for episodes, after you get to listen and you get to discover all these new things, you can easily, easily have additional 30, 40 ideas for new episodes and you have subtopics that can derive from that and become new episodes as well. So um, when you get to listen to your audience, you get to learn what they need and want all the time. And these, these things are going to be changing. And I really like what you mentioned about having guests on your show. Uh, I think it's been crucial for us because even though we are uh, experts in a particular area, some of the needs and necessities our audience expresses are go a little bit beyond our scope or beyond what we can cover. So that's where we bring in guests. And we uh, and, and that, that brings a... A great benefit because I mean we get to connect with the audience while still bringing that value that they need yeah absolutely now let's talk a little bit here on how to let, let's talk about this what and how does the audience factor into most elements of podcasting we've talked about a couple of different ways but um I want to bring up something here too because we've talked a little bit about it and I want us to we're going to be talking for a couple more minutes here, but I want us to give an idea to our, for each of you, Sebastian and for uh, David here, I want us to each give one tip for activating your audience to help you grow your podcast. Like, let's say people are listening to this and they say, okay, this is all great. This is all fine. This is all good. But I want you to activate the audience of podcasting smarter, give them one idea that they can take in order to develop their audience today, something that they could try today on their next podcast recording. And we'll start with Sebastian, and then we could talk about that. And then David, I'd love to hear your input too and your one idea. Okay, right, so one tip. Uh, and then I'll give mine too. <laughs> yeah, okay, okay, perfect. So I think uh, you should create a lead magnet, right? A lead magnet, so yes. So let's suppose you have a, a um, in, in your white page, for example, a section with resources, right? Resources that are useful to your audience are, are, are the result of a listening exercise and that you are, you know for sure that it will help your audience with any, any, any situation they have. So you have uh, in your podcast a call to action, it could be at the end, it could be a mid-roll, I mean, the, the, be the better, the best place you, you consider, and um, you say, okay, if you like this episode and you like to know more, here's the link to the resources we have. And uh, that activates the audience because they say, okay, I found this episode useful and uh, I want to learn more, I want to educate myself more. And that creates, like, it, like, that makes the conversation continue right because people are not just going to listen to an episode but they are going to go and have another resource right so they extend the episode and then you start creating an, a conversation with your audience and that's the key you need to build relationships with your audience you need to extend this conversation and, and connect with them you don't want them to only listen to an episode or to keep talking with you 
and to keep uh, this relationship that is important and, and that is the basis of any audience building strategy. Yeah, uh, I, I agree with, with what Sebastian says. I think um, sometimes podcasting tends to be a little bit one directional because of the format it, it is it operates on, uh, people listening to the content. Uh, so it's important to have a channel through which you can bring people in and establish additional or, or complementary ways of communication, such as email or, I don't know, through a webinar or through, like, through some other way in which you can have that one-on-one -on -one interaction. I think that that's very, very, very important. Other ways you can activate your audience are, uh, for example, uh, doing that those one-on-one -on -one conversations. Uh, if you have a lead magnet or if you have multiple lead magnets, you're going to notice uh, if you have, for example, three lead magnets, you're going to notice some people have subscribed to your email list, for example, through those three different email uh, lead magnets. That means that means they have a strong need for all the content you're offering. So you can send them an email and start a one on one conversation. Uh, and finally, another another idea that I've we don't use it, but we have seen some people use. Uh, is create this kind of um, Q&A episodes in which the listeners can record their own questions and send them to the to the host. So that voice, the voice of the listener, can become part of the recording as well. Uh, and, and that generates a lot of traction. We, we've seen very good results with that as well. I like both of those, and I think both of your solutions here. And I think that really thinking about using those magnets to tell people and help activate people where to go, bringing them in for those one-on-one -on -one conversations, it really gets down from making it an audience of many to a lot of people creating an audience of one. Because with podcasting, it is an experience that while you might have hundreds and thousands and millions of listeners, it is still an intimate experience when you're listening to a podcast. You're usually listening to, unless it's a live stream like this one, you're usually listening to somebody deliver their message, deliver their point of view, and then you're going, yeah, I agree, or no, I disagree, or that's helpful. I'm going to take this piece of content and do X thing, right? So I think it's really great to think about it from that point where you're even taking that audience even further and going, okay, let's go ahead and really immerse them and engage with them on a one-on-one -on -one place. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna cheat. I'm gonna give two different things, and I'm such a big believer on uh, using social media to grow. I think that because there's so much content out there, we often think, well, it's just social media. What can you do? But I think if you're really smart about social media, you can really grow a lot, especially with the markets that are out there now. Um, and I'm gonna share two tips, and two are actually from this gentleman in the music industry is a music industry professional named Rick Parker. Um, he's one of the people that apparently discovered Taylor Swift, and he gives a lot of great tips to everybody. Um, so if you haven't checked him out, check him out too. Um, two things that I love that he said, and this is really getting to activate a social media presence, a social media audience, right? Okay, you're going on and you're promoting your podcast on all your different social medias. Okay, you're posting to Facebook, you're posting to Instagram, you're posting on the directories, it's great. Um, one thing that you can do from Spotify specifically is if you go to your episode in Spotify and you tap the three dots next to your episode on mobile, it'll give you the option to share it to different social media channels. Specifically, you can use it to share directly to Instagram, to Instagram stories. And what you can do is when you post a story, it's really cool because then there's a button up at the top that'll say play on Spotify. 
So if you go ahead and you choose right from Spotify to have it play in Spotify, then just on your story, which already has a lot of people activated, but also because stories are one of those things that's being promoted by Instagram so hard now, you can already drive traffic to something that shows up right at the top of somebody's feed. They can click on it. They can see the image for your episode. They can see where it is. And then they can go ahead and just simply click on that link to be directed to it. And that kind of gets into the theory of, okay, if you're trying to direct people from your website to different parts of your website, you don't want someone to have to click more than five times, right? You can really get that click rate down to one or two. Someone sees something in the top of their Instagram. Okay, great. They click on it. They click on Spotify and they're listening to your podcast episode. Um, and it's something that I challenge people to do for 30 days every day. Go ahead and do that for an episode, even if it's past content, especially if you're doing content that's evergreen, you can go ahead and get a lot of traction off of that and even get a lot of play off of previous episodes. Remember, you are diving into getting an intense, uh, engaged audience, but you're still going to have some people that are only listening to an episode here, an episode there, people that might have only listened to your, you know, your current episodes, but they might not have gone back and checked out your uh, previous log of episodes too. Um, here's another thing too that I'll recommend, and this kind of skirts on a couple of different places, but there are a lot of podcasters who have a lot of success when they, for example, say, you know, go ahead, rate and review me on iTunes and let me know via email that you did it and I'll shout you out on the show. You know, find ways that you can call out that audience and kind of talk into what we just spoke about, about making this medium of podcasting where you're trying to embrace everybody, you're then able to create this link between you and one other person. Even if it's, hey, if you donate $10 to the show, I'll go ahead and I'll shout you out on my show or on social media. Um, you can even take that a step further. If you go ahead and you see someone subscribes to you on your social media channel, take the extra step, record a quick 10 second video saying, hey, thanks so much for, uh, thanks so much for checking me out on here. You know, hope all is well with you. And I'd love for you to check out this episode that's coming here. It's a little bit more work, like you said, at the end of the day, or because you had said earlier that building your audience is work. It absolutely is. But I think is, the yes. more you can individualize these experiences with people, the more results you're going to see in growing that audience. Because remember, growing the retention is the big part of growth here. And how do you grow? You make people feel like they're part of that world of your podcast. And how do you do that? You make them feel like they're really part of it by engaging them in these different ways. Yes, yes, I absolutely agree. Uh, building an audience is something that takes time and work and effort. Uh, we have, we usually have the issue that is not only related to audience building, but I think to everything in life and business is we compare ourselves to other people who are very popular and very famous and who have a lot of resources. And it's because they have done a lot of work through a long, long, long time, like even years. So um, it is important to be aware that we are in our chapter one or, or chapter two, whereas the other people might be in their chapter 20, in their chapter 40, and right. there is no point of comparison. There is no point of comparison. Plus, our objectives and our goals are different. So uh, it's crazy. It's crazy to expect sometimes like a overnight success or like a big audience with little effort. It doesn't happen. It takes time. It takes uh, making mistakes. <laughs> this is also very common. We expect uh, we're uh, wishing for magic formulas. There are no magic formulas here. Sometimes you can do all the right things but not get the results you want. Uh, it's a matter of 
being alert to the signals and adjusting and learning as you go. Absolutely. I still remember because a lot of my background is in music too. And I remember going to one of these music conferences here in the North, uh, Northeast called Launch. And I remember that they were having a similar conversation about, you know, how do you grow your music audience? And a lot of the parallels for any business, whether it's music, whether it's a business, whether it's a podcast growth, it all kind of translates together. One of the biggest things they said is you want to grow your music, don't break up. Meaning like a lot of, you know, a lot of people won't go for the long game. A lot of bands will break up within, you know, a year or two. And I think that also comes to different podcasters. You know, it is a long game. If you are being aware and conscious, like you both are saying, Sebastian and David, and you're continuing to grow, but you're not giving up on your podcast and you're continuing to deliver great content, you're updating your content, you're updating the ways that you communicate with people, you're going to have this catalog that people can go back to. That way, you release this episode, then they can go back and listen to your previous catalog. Um, there's so much that you can do, but just continuing to your podcast is such a big part of it. You know, continuing to build that uh, schedule with people. Okay, cool. We're going to release this episode at this time. We're going to have this content come out at this time. There's so many different ways that you can do it, but just continuing just continuing really and updating things that you do is going to help you grow your podcast. I love what you guys said at the beginning too. Don't obsess about your numbers. I've always said, don't be ashamed of your growth. You know, we tell people all the time, if you want to go into different uh, conventions and things like that, or you want to have different guests, you should always have a press kit, right? And some people will ask, oh, should I include my numbers in my press kit? You know, they're kind of low. The thing is, I always tell people, just like you said, don't be ashamed of your numbers. Don't be ashamed of your downloadership. You may think that your downloadership is low when in actuality it might be quite high. You may have a specific downloadership that speaks to that specific market. You know, and just simply you being professional and having a press kit, don't ever underestimate your professionalism being such a big factor in somebody choosing you even if you just started. So I think there's so much that can be said on all of those fronts also. Um, I think we are going to bring our first Podcasting Smarter live stream session here to a close, and I'm going to invite Norma Jean back on here. But I want to thank David and Sebastian once again from Audience Coach for joining us today for the Nightmares episode. Um, I think we have a lot of great tips and tricks that people can use to grow their podcast. And, you know, I can't thank you enough for making the time to join us today. Oh, we're really glad to be here. Yeah, we're really happy to be working with you and, and uh, participating and bringing value to Podbean's audience and Podbean's podcasters. Absolutely. And the one thing I'll have you guys do before we end here, please pitch yourselves, let the audience know where they can find you. All right. Uh, if you want to learn more about how to podcast for businesses, you can find us at audiencecoach.com. And we have some resources there at audiencecoach.com slash resources. We have free and paid resources. And uh, you can find us everywhere where you listen to podcasts on uh, the Podbean app, on iTunes, on Spotify, on Stitcher, Google Podcasts, etc. You go there, uh, you find Audience Coach Podcast and follow us there. Awesome. Perfect. You guys, thank you so much for joining us again. Uh, Norma Jean, please come on back in. All right. Well, thank you, everyone, for joining us for the Podcasting Smarter Live episode for October, hosted by Podbean's head of marketing, John Kiernan, with special guests David Perez and Sebastian Beltran of The Audience Coach on the nightmares of audience mistakes and how to grow your audience. 
For those of you who may be joining us for the first time, Podcasting Smarter has live streamed episodes like this one with top podcasters and experts, along with recorded episodes on the Podcasting Smarter podcast here on Podbean. If you join late or want to have another listen to these amazing podcasters and experts, you can replay this episode on the Podcasting Smarter podcast right here. Podcasting Smarter is brought to you by Podbean. We're a podcast hosting and monetizing platform and home to over 500,000 podcasts. And as you're joining us for this live episode, you can see we also offer the ability to live stream directly from the app to your audience. For everyone listening, you can also start your own live stream for free on Podbean. Thank you for joining us, and we'll see you next month on our Podcasting Smarter Life episode as John speaks to Lynn Florin of Growth Network Podcast. Thank you, everyone.